Hello, everybody. I am so glad to be here on Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I have a wonderful person today who we are doing such a great interview with Louise Phillips Forbes. She calls herself an elite broker with Halstead Real Estate in New York. And she has such an amazing story of coming to New York as a dancer and suddenly picking up in the real estate business and taking herself from wearing a leotard and cowboy boots with holes in it and and making $8,400 a week to now she is a $200 million broker. She oversees that kind of business. And she's just a joyful, lovely person. And she talks very openly about overcoming all kinds of obstacles like, like dyslexia and even a Southern accent. So I'm really excited to bring her on and hear you hear our interview with the wonderful reinventor, Louise Phillips Forbes. Hello, Louise. Hi, Leslie. Thanks so much for having me today. It's super exciting. Good. Well, you are such a superstar broker. I know you didn't give me that word to use, but I'm using it. She's one of the top ranking elite brokers in the country um, in real estate. And you have such an amazing story about how you reinvented yourself. So what people want to know is kind of where you came from and how you got to your latest reinvention. So maybe start a little bit with your background, where you grew up and how you made your way to New York and real estate. Excellent. Thank you. Well, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and I really started to work as a, a young girl because my parents were from the Depression period, and they never did much for themselves. They always did for our education and owning our home. So for me, as a young girl, I was drawn to dancing and was always an athlete. And between that and working with special needs children, those were two of my passions. And thankfully, early in my life, my mother kept encouraging me to follow my dream and my passions for whatever your career is going to be. So I had my eyes on the, the lights of Broadway. Oh. And found myself after a degree in elementary education, special education, and a scholarship to dance, I put my eyes to New York City. And I came to New York City in the late 80s. And my career in dance, while as many performing artists, uh, led quickly after I danced for two small dance companies uh, and did a lot of auditioning. I injured myself and was trying to figure out what to do with myself. And um, luckily for myself, uh, one of my clients where I used to work in a restaurant said, you'd be great in real estate. And I was naive enough to say, okay, I'll call your friend, which is what I did. And 30 years later, here I am. Wow. Awesome. And so what was the, the, I mean, from dancing to real estate, do you dance into the apartments and out of them or how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, like at the time it was, it's interesting to reflect back, but you know, real estate was always a second or third or fourth or fifth career for 
um, many people many years ago. Today, I'm finding young women and, and men, but young people being educated solely for real estate, which is an interesting new brand, brand or breed of, of youth that we're experiencing in our career. But no, you there was no dot to connect mm -hmm. that I could see. I thought it was really the business of brick and mortar and architecture. In fact, what I came to realize, it is truly the business of people. Oh, which, yes. You've mentioned that to me. So yes, explain that. And were you always a people person? Well, I didn't actually think of myself as a people person. I certainly have a lot of energy um, and I knew nothing. I had no Rolodex and I had no, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't really know that uh, that I was a people person until I really could identify, or I would say, let's say my, for my career in real estate, the idea of money was uncomfortable for me as a Southern. We don't talk about money. As and a woman, we don't often talk about money, right? Absolutely. Nobody gives us those tools of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to really make the connection of being of service and that felt like home for me. So if I wasn't thinking about myself and I was thinking of you, I, I, I could connect that dot and I felt like what I was doing was purposeful. And that made that passion and dream, that idea not be work. Mm -hmm. It was just seeking fulfillment. Whether and I'm help, being helping maybe, somebody else. Absolutely. And that I think is a more natural thing for women in general, mm -hmm. but for myself, for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, we had a piece that we did um, about, um, we called it very cheekily how to ask for money without feeling slimy because so many women have trouble asking for money for themselves or to make themselves uh, successful that uh, I, and one of the tips was, um, that they would look at it as if you didn't tell your girlfriend about this thing, about this opportunity, she'd be really pissed at you. And that was how to switch it around. So you weren't selling her something. You were giving her this incredible opportunity that she'd be mad Absolutely. if she missed, right? Right. Well, along with that sort of idea of doing something that was purposeful and mm -hmm. felt important and being of service was, was a vehicle for me to really, um, uh, I, I really didn't think of myself, uh, I went one step further, I guess, not thinking of myself today, 30 years later, as a salesperson, mm -hmm. I really think I'm an educator. Oh, I and, love that. And if I think about how there's a chemical, there's like a chemistry that happens when you're, when you meet the right guy, or mm -hmm. when you're doing school interviews, and you're at the right school, or when you walk in the right apartment. So mm. as, as a, as a, a, the, the putting the pieces of the puzzle together, Leslie, I, you know, you, you, my job is to be the guide of, of like, I always try to say, look, it, you're, you're, it's always going to be a scary process, but you will know when you're home, all the trade-offs mm -hmm. will be blatant and obvious all of the emotional things you might not be able to articulate, but mm -hmm. my job is to pluck out those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle and put them together. And if I think about where, you know, from my 
own self, my home is really where the rest of my life is built from. And, mm -hmm. and if you come from that place mm -hmm. and you look for the educational component and being of service, the rest will just fall into place in a very natural way. What do you think is for most women who might want to turn to real estate? I mean, a lot of women do. A lot of women who were out of the workforce for a very long time, they're finding, they find that real estate is a good place for them to go to um, after their kids are grown. Um, it seems to be a welcoming place for women. And I wonder if it also is a place um, where women can grow old. You don't have to be 20 years old and, you know, hip and cool to do real estate, correct? Absolutely. I mean, listen, if I think about... Though you're you know, hip and cool anyway and gorgeous. Well, I don't know but, about that. If you wanted to just take a moment and when I'm when I teach sort of uh, working with new brokers coming into getting their license and how to build a business, I, I find that I always say, close your eyes and let me just give you a visual of myself because when I got into real estate, I wore a unitard, I had a prairie skirt. I had on cowboy boots that had a hole in them. And sometimes I had big shoulder pads. So it was quite a visual. And <laughs> I love it. Okay. And, and, um, and I made $8,400 my first year in real estate. Uh -huh. And, you know, I didn't, and, and thankfully, because of my background in dance and being an athlete, I, I had the components of a work ethic you know, meaning hard work didn't, I was never afraid of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that willingness. Um, I also came from a background where my mother and my father said, you can do anything you set your mind to. Mm -hmm. So if somebody gives that, that to yourself, some people don't get that. And those, um, mm -hmm. and they have to teach that to themselves. And that might happen in their twenties and their thirties. And sometimes when you're reinventing yourselves, what you didn't get, you recreate by surrounding and creating your own family. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and and the women are the people that become your 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 pool. Mm -hmm. But um, for myself, you know, I I also will share that you know I was terribly dyslexic. Oh, um, growing up undiagnosed until sixth grade with a forty five percent reading comprehension. Oh, are you a lefty also? Uh, no, but I write messy, so my mom told okay. me that meant that I was creative, so I just stuck with that. <laughs> okay. But if I'm going to go back to to women in real estate in that career, Leslie, I, I want to just say a couple of things that women have access, and I don't want to take from from men because I think men are amazing, and I feel blessed that I have married one of those amazing men. Mm -hmm. But women have this emotionality gene that is more prevalent. And if you study science and the difference of women's brains or boys and girls' brains, they are different. Mm -hmm. And the connectivity that we find um, innately, I guess, maybe from being mothers or mm -hmm. from, I'm not really sure how it differs, but that seems to be a very natural thing. If you think about the connections that you've made in your mm -hmm, life through mm -hmm. your children when mm -hmm. they were young, mm -hmm. through the, the caterers that helped me with my wedding, I'm still in touch with her because mm -hmm. that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a natural fit for women that, that collect people in their lives to re, when they're reinventing themselves 
you have that capacity. And, and if you, as a woman, what your home is to you, it is, seems to be historically for myself, mm -hmm. the platform that I have made those connections more so than the men that I have done business with. They, they are more driven to the business point of it than mm -hmm. they are from the emotionality of it. And that is something I've tapped into. And so you think the women who can push from the emotionality area have an advantage because home has such an emotional connection Abs to us? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, if I think about how I built my business one, one deal at a time, many of them, you know, I, I found unlike my childhood in Tennessee, where a lot of my sister's friends and and my friends married in their 20s. I did not get married till I was 41. And most of those women early in my career that sort of abandoned their roots to be at the best and challenge themselves to be at the top of their careers or to have a platform for that were some of the people I did business with first. Mm -hmm. And um, that that was one of those things that I, I felt drawn to just naturally. But the women that have come into this career and that run the businesses, if you look at the CEOs of the companies in New York City, you have Diane Ramirez, you have um, all, all of the largest real estate companies in New York City. And if I, we probably were to take a poll, are run by women. Really? was not always the case. Okay. So in the last 20 years? I think that's been anywhere from the last 20, 10 to 20 years. Okay. You're going to see that. And I, I think publicly traded companies also, we're on a rise. I mean, look at our, the political, you know, experience we just had with the mm -hmm. over a hundred women mm -hmm. that will be serving in our house for the mm -hmm. first time in our country. It is our time. And I know we've been saying that for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no wonder your perception in, in really providing this place for us to be able to be a voice for one another is just such a blessing. So tell me for women who've been home or women who are finding that their careers that they've spent so much time in are drying up. And I hear from these people all the time, Louise. I mean, it's really heartbreaking, especially women over 50. What do they have to have in order to consider being in real estate at that point? And how do they proceed if they want to move into it? Real, real estate is a, you know, whatever life experience you have, whether it's a, as a parent, as a wife, as an entertainer, as a person in television, as uh, whatever your background is. I've had individuals that used to, um, like, uh, whatever your, your background is, the willingness to do work and your willingness to show up. I mean, it is almost more of, um, for, I would say for my, my own experience, if I was going to take something like my dyslexia, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes your obstacles and your challenges, because if you actually only, uh, uh, my obstacles have actually been my blessings. Like yeah. I had no idea that my dyslexia, which was a curse when I was in school, yes. I, I, my spatial memory is like Rain Man. Oh, so, that's so interesting. So that I, helps you. 
so believing that, you know, your obstacles can be your blessings and also having sort of the humility and being humble enough to like, I just want to learn because the meant the moment we all stop learning is truly the moment we stop living. Yes. So that's so interesting. So the, dis, the, uh, the other side of dyslexia is you have incredible spatial memory. Well, it just happens to be one of those odd yeah. things that whenever you have a sort of one of your senses is compromised, ah. you have this seventh sense. It's like Helen Keller's, you know, sense of smell. Okay. So when you go into a space, can you remember it really well? Is that something that you have like instant memory of and you can remember when what I, it looks like? Absolutely. But, but really it's not, so that is not a gift that somebody to get into real estate needs at all. Right. right. It just helps the gift, the gift of gab gift of and gab. the gift of gab and a willingness to take risk because really making connections. I knew early on because I had no Rolodex that I needed to reach out to people in the industry. And by the way, I'm certain that my Southern accent that boy, when I had to talk about money, it would get lots, a lot thicker than usual, <laughs> but <laughs> it seems to have slipped away a little bit, but, but when I'm uncomfortable, it's actually what I go to and realizing that the, the, um, the ability and having your gift of gab is also can come from coming from being of service. I think that we, 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 we are, we enter, we connect with people as women so much easier if we just step into that zone of being willing to show up. And so, I don't know, that was some of the thoughts that I felt around my own experience. So if so, again, if women want to get into this business, do they go down to their local real estate agency or do they look online or how do they? I have had, I've probably brought about 70 people into real estate, men okay. and women, mm -hmm. young and old. Okay. And there is no roadmap. It's really being willing to reach out and connect. I've had people find me online. I've had friends of friends say, hey, my really good friend, her last son is going to college. She's been married for 28 years. She's now going to be single. Right. And she used to be an attorney, but she really, she doesn't want to do that. Could you talk to her? Absolutely. Uh, okay. So, so it's, it's reaching out to your own network of individuals and sphere. It's just, it's just like trying to, you know, the steps that you need to do is that, you know, it's not difficult to get into the world of real estate. You take the classes, you get your license, you, you know, many people, it's commission only, by the way, when I got that business card from my, my client that the restaurant I didn't even know that real estate was commission only. I mean, that was just how na naivety sometimes is, is a blessing <laughs> because if I'd known that I would have probably been fearful and not have made the phone call, but you know, walk through your fear and you know, one of that comfort, that, that not being afraid to be in your, out of your comfort zone 
is somebody willing to take risk, which is to show up and don't give up before that miracle actually happens, which is somebody who opens the door for you, like somebody did for me. And so what do older women bring to this? Do they bring to a network? Do they bring, I mean, because I know that I've had people on this podcast who talk about why older women are better at fundraising for um, crowdfunding, for instance. And it's because they have they have a network that the 20-somethings don't necessarily have. They are comfortable with asking for help. Um, and they've, you know, they've lived a little to understand what people's issues might be. Do you find stuff like that? Are there advantages? Absolutely. I mean, listen, when, you know, in many cases, when you are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you have owned multiple homes. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them top individuals in real estate in the Northeast are people that got into real estate, you know, after moving around the world with their husband's businesses Mm. and bought and sold so much real estate. They were like, what am I, what am I doing? Oh, I see. Okay. So, so you have wisdom, you have, um, you know, competence that only life gives us. Right. You know, I mean, the ability to, you know, um, pick yourself up when you've fallen is only happened because you picked up your own children and you picked up your husbands and you picked up your dear friends and you battled whatever those challenges of life are. It, it gives you this compassion and empathy that for our business is the handholding that everyone needs because in New York City particularly, it's not an easy market to navigate. Mm-hmm. And to have someone who is going to lead you through their own experience, even if they're learning at the same time, there's a, there's a wisdom there that you can't get from somebody who's book smart, mm-hmm. Harvard graduate, business in real estate. Life is, is its own journey of education. Who would you say this is not a good reinvention career for? Are there, if you're a super introvert, would this be really painful? It could be uncomfortable, but listen, there are, you know, if I had a bookworm on my, meaning somebody who is super math oriented, who's a numbers person, who doesn't want to be in the forefront, there are places in teams, the way that our business, I mean, look, I am grateful and privileged to be at a place today with my first year in real estate at $8,400 in commissions. My sales exceed $200 million annually. I can't, I can't, I cannot do that myself. Right. So identifying yourself as what your strengths are. I mean, listen, I knew that I, I think one of my most important things was that I really needed to own who I was. I mean, like what, who made me, what makes me different than you, Leslie? Mm -hmm. I was Southern. Some people thought that that Southern was charming. Some people thought I wasn't very smart, but it was disarming no matter what. Right. And, and owning that my dyslexia, I used to kind of be a little bit ashamed of it, Mm -hmm. but as a mother with two dyslexic children, I had to like pipe up and figure out how to give that those, those, that information to my children is just like, that is what makes you uniquely you. 
-hmm. And it's a blessing because I didn't know it was going to be a spatial compliment for me, but I can walk into an entire building, see one apartment and, and understand the trends of the market and tell them, no, 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 we're not, we're not, we're not doing 32 apartments here. We're going to do seven large homes. And this is where, you know, I have had developers undo their whole plan based on me just saying, no, 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 this is what you should build. And they actually listen to me, which is in itself amazing. Fabulous. Incredible. So talk a little bit more about your reinvention. When were you frightened? Were there times where you thought, I mean, like, did you have a bad year where you thought like, this is really not the right direction. I'm in trouble here. I've got to turn around. Or was it always up, 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 up? It was up, 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 but that did not come with without discouragement. I mean, you know, I would say that I worked no less than seven years, seven days a week. Wow, really? Um, I mean, it, there are no coincidences why I didn't get married till I was 41. I was focused on my career. Right. Um, I also had a lot of loss in my life. So I also, through those losses, I think it helped me prioritizing sort of how important it is to sort of lean in to every day of my life. And that means leaning in to the people that are in my life, which means leaning into the people that are, I'm, I'm trying to be of service for mm-hmm. and, and really taking that as that opportunity as such a privilege to be a part of such, to be entrusted in this process. If I know how I feel about my home, mm-hmm. I truly feel that it's a privilege. And um, I, and I think that's one of the reasons why I really strived to do business with people I have personal relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that when I think about those obstacles, my dyslexia, my, you know, living on for quite some time, $30 a month. Ooh. I mean, thirty dollars a week. Excuse me. Uh, well, you got to remember it was the eighties, but okay. um, still, but, I don't think thirty dollars a week even I was living on that. Listen, you know, you have. It's the art of finessing. I mean, right. sometimes I couldn't afford a car service, so I, I walked on. A, I mastered a certain area that was my backyard, also because I needed to make New York City small town. I needed to know all the doormen. I needed to know. And that kindness and that taking a moment was was something that people recognized and realized. So my strength uh, that I didn't even realize was a strength was me trying to take the time and trying to make the connection. Uh, and I think that's part of my Southern roots. And that's why I think owning who you are and celebrating that or making light of it, if it means my dyslexia, because I always say things like, oh, I was having a blonde moment. <laughs> That's interesting. So, so do you have somebody who then, now I guess you're at that point where you can farm out the stuff that would be difficult um, being dyslexic? Or somebody- I think that it's it's been a it's been a journey of 30 years of, of really recognizing that my strengths are my strengths and my weaknesses I was drawn naturally, not necessarily consciously, um, to really be able to be of service that people that came from different walks of their life would compliment me. Mm-hmm. And that's why 
there really isn't somebody that's not that couldn't have a career. It may they may not be a team leader. Mm-hmm. They may have other strengths. You know, they're graphic designers, previous marketers, pre med people. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what the walks of your life was. Mm-hmm. And then what about the cycles, Louise, of, you know, the boom and bust in real estate? And how do you sort of tough those things out? Is that just stuff that you know and it, it's just going to be a up and down kind of existence? Well, as a, as a tire kicker investor myself, I mean, I, I've always put my money where my mouth is because I, I guess – I didn't know about real estate initially, but I've learned about it. Um, I think part of it is also remembering that whatever is happening in these cycles, what's right for you, Leslie, may not be right for, you know, our friend Diane, Mm -hmm. because it depends on where you are in your life. And unlike all other assets, real estate is the only user asset. Maybe a car. A car could be. I don't consider a car an asset, really. It's, you know, but I, I, when I look at real estate, you know, the great recession uh, ha- that we're all experiencing it, in this market has been very tough, but the reset in itself is an opportunity for other individuals. And when you say that, what do you mean by that? I mean that, that it's it, inexpensive it, enough that people can come in and buy well, I mean, we've had a nine-year growth period, Leslie, where where interest rates have been lower than what they have been in 60 years. Right. They're now going to be moving up. Right. I got into real estate when interest rates were 12.4%. That means to borrow $100,000, it costs $1,240 a month. My first mortgage, you're going to laugh, was 17%. Yep. There you go. You're dating yourself, honey. I am. It's a, and I look back and I think, what was I thinking? I was making no money and I had to take this uh, this loan, but I had no choice. And But at the same time, I'll put money on it that that investment probably was one of the greatest tools of wealth building and sense of security at the same time that you could look at the portfolio of your investments and say, yep, you're right, Wheezy. Yeah, we did okay. It was, <laughs> it's a longer story than worth. All right, fair enough. The height, the height of it. We did not lose money. It was, it was okay. But then things could be completely kooky. The, the advice that I'm, I'm finding today is that what is right for, um, for one individual may not be right for the other. And that you really, I just had breakfast this morning with a, one of my, uh, Broadway producer friends who's 76 years old and she's trying to figure out if she should um, sell her apartment and buy something else. And I was like, look, we can talk about that, but you really need to speak to your, your financial guy mm-hmm. because I can, once he tells me some direction or gives her some direction, then I can advise her. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So in closing, when we're talking about your reinvention and women who might want to reinvent the same way that you did, what are your sort of, you, I think you said you had three tips. Well, uh, I, I would say that there were three components that, I, that, that were my roots that I still go back to when I'm in moments of 
sometimes between a door opening and a door closing, that, that I'm grateful that I have always followed my dream and not necessarily my wallet. Because if you do what you love, it's not necessarily work and the money will follow. Um, and one dream leads to another. I mean, I came here to dance. I'm not, a, I did not think of myself as a businesswoman. And here I am running a $200 million annual business. Unbelievable. You know, I think also number two, I would say own what makes you, you. For me, I, I was sort of Southern and not, uh, I, I was not a businesswoman. I, I didn't need to flex my muscles that way, but whatever those obstacles that I had, you know, cause at some point, uh, other than my prairie skirt being an obstacle, um, <laughs> the, the, my dyslexia, it's a blessing. And I didn't actually know that. So figuring out what makes you, you and owning it. And lastly, faith in the process, because you know, if if I didn't if I didn't step into and, and quite frankly, initially I think it was naivety. If I didn't step into the unknown and just say yes, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know all these people that I know that have really impact who I am as a person today through mm-hmm. the privilege of being a part of their process. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, awesome. Now, now here's the big question. How do people reach you if they want to find out more or can they come be tutored by you or get into one of your classes? Are you still doing those things? Absolutely. Well, I will t- I will take a meeting with anyone and take time for anyone because somebody did that for me. Oh, how so, wonderful. How do they reach you? LouisePhillipsForbes.com. Oh, fabulous. Okay. LouisePhillipsForbes.com. Okay, everybody. Go get her. Louise, thank you so much for being here. We so appreciate it. And what a wonderful lesson for all of us in in how you've done. I can't even believe that. I'm going to use that in my notes. It was $8,400 to $200 million. (laughs) That's amazing. It takes what it takes. All right. Thank Thank you. Bye now. Bye. So I want to thank you for joining us today on Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. If you like what you heard, please give us a ranking. Hopefully give us some five stars because on iTunes, that will help us move up and help other women find us. And other women can then be inspired by these wonderful stories of reinvention. And if you like what we're doing, please come and join us at CoveyClub.com and read the wonderful stories we have there. They will be more inspiring for you. Look at all our content, which is all about how to redo your personal branding. What is it? How do you do it? And join the community that is really trying to support women at their most wonderful time of their lives, which is now. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.